Welcome to another episode of the Badass Women of Central Park, where every time we bring you an awesome journey of a badass woman in our neighborhood. My name is Dan Clark, and it is my honor to host this podcast and get to learn from so many of you each time. It is my goal for you to see yourself as the badass you truly are. This week, we have a pair of badass women and mother and daughter entrepreneurs, Maria and Alana. I actually went to school um, for television production. My first job out of college was uh, being a production assistant for Trading Spaces, which at that time was like the cat's pajamas in television design. I had the plum, at that point I was working at Swarthmore College and I was heading up their interior design um, department there. I mean, I had a plum job as an interior architect. Those are the jobs that you retire from. You don't leave those jobs. It's not about that. It's all about, you know, family. And, you know, if they would relocate, that'd be one thing, but I need to do this. Um, um, expand <laughs> on that a little, Elena. What do you see in your mom that makes her a badass? Oh, man. My mom's been through the ringer and back millions of times. And no matter what's put in front of her. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't start. Because if you start, I'll start. See, this Sorry. is the problem between two of us. This is the problem. This is the problem with working with your mom. You get emotional. Um, she's resilient and I've always seen that in her and respected her for it when it comes to being a mom, when it comes to being a professional, when it comes to just, uh, living, living the life the way that you want to and, and, and being true to yourself. Maria and Alana are a mother-daughter design team with over 30 years combined experience in interior design and the fashion industry. Sharing a love and passion for all things design, they've always dreamed of teaming up together. Elm Tree Living represents the culmination of that dream. On this episode, we talk about their career paths, moving from Philadelphia, working together as a mother and daughter team, and so much more. I hope you enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by the Mama Bird Project, where we empower and open doors for young Black, Latina, and Indigenous women from Montbello and surrounding communities. We do this all on Zoom by having our women have beautiful intersectional recorded conversations with your loved ones, whether it's your grandparents if you're lucky enough still to have them, your parents, a new graduate, someone who's gotten engaged. The conversations are amazing and the recordings will be something you'll look back on fondly forever. We all know we should be recording the wisdom of our elders, but we never get around to it. It's only $100. All that money goes directly to the women. It's a great cause. It's a great product. Please help us in supporting the Mama Bird Project. All right. Good morning. I'm here today with Maria and Alana, who are a mother and daughter, and they are in business together. They run Elm Tree Living, which is a window treatment and interior design company. And I'm really excited to talk to you, too. I haven't talked to many people together like this on this show, so I'm excited for that. Uh, Maria, I want to start with you and just tell me a little bit about your your cultural background and, and where you're originally from. I was born in Colombia, South America, actually in Bogota. And when I was about four years old, um, we came to this country. Uh, my mother was working with the Inter-American Development Bank. And um, she just kept extending these types of jobs. It was from the Inter-American Development Bank to the Pan-American Health Organization to the United Nations. So we lived in Washington, D.C., and it was really fun and interesting because it was a milieu of people from all over the world um, that we kind of got to know as we grew up. And um, that just informed a lot of our 
my background in that there was always something culturally happening, um, something artistically happening. We spent a lot of time in the museums. Of course, DC, the museums are free. Um, as kids, we used to play at the National Portrait Gallery, um, got to know all the guards. And um, as a result, I think of that much exposure, three of the four of us, I have three sisters, are in a design field. Um, and uh, so it's been, it's been, um, it's been everything really to be, to have grown up in DC. Take me a little bit through your kind of um, career journey and you're an entrepreneur now, obviously, was that something that you started at a young age? Take me a little more about your kind of your career path. Uh, I keep, I've sort of reinvented myself every few years. I did start off, um, you know, the regular trajectory, you go to college, you graduate, you get a job and uh, soon found out that it was kind of stifling um, to me personally. So I went into business, I guess about 28, 29 years ago, I went into business with my sister, Claudia, and we had a design store, children's design store. And um, she is the other designer in the family. And uh, we did that for about 15 years, which was a lot of fun outside of Philadelphia, where we both had relocated at the time with our young families. And uh, that is where Ilana started working as a child, as a child, really. I mean, she was uh, as a child I bedding designer. Yeah, <laughs> as a budding child designer. Um, because she was always, I mean, she always had to be around. She was about 12 years old and we opened the store and um, spent a lot of time there during her, you know, tween years, her teen years. And by the time she got to high school, she was coming to New York on buying trips with us. She was working at the store. She was filling in hours, et cetera. Um, and then when she went off to college, um, I don't know. I think she, she really sort of had that uh, part of her. Uh, and since then, she decided she wanted to move to Denver. And uh, when she decided to have children start her family, I realized I really wanted to be close to my grandkids. So I moved here with a corporate job in architecture, um, which is my background, and soon decided that I, again, did not enjoy the stifling nature of not being able to be your own boss. So I proposed to her that we do something, and this is what we came up with. Uh, let's hear your side of the story, Alana. Tell me, tell me about how design came into your life. Obviously, you were you were starting it young. Were you feel you were passionate about it right away? Is it something you grew to love? Uh, no, I always loved it. The store was kind of my happy place. I would hang out there even when I wasn't working, uh, <laughs> just because there was so many things to play with in terms of merchandising, clothing. Uh, figuring out the best setup for anything that they had that was um, visual. That was kind of, I liked putting things together and making them look pretty, if you will. Um, and then I also got to hang out with my aunt, who I'm very close to, and my mom. So, you know, between setting up their jewelry displays and, and reworking their clothes and their bedding displays. And the windows. And the windows. Um, it was it was a happy place for me to work. Uh, and I continued going back even after college and, and working for them. It was nothing that I really honestly thought that I could do something with. It was just something that I knew that I enjoyed at that time. And when I went to school, I actually went to school um, for television production. And uh, I really enjoyed that. It was super fun. 
Uh, I liked all the inner workings of it. And I, oddly enough, my first job out of college was uh, being a production assistant for Trading Spaces, which at that time was like the cat's pajamas in television design. <laughs> Early on before all the design shows. Yeah, started, well, it was right? the first. Yeah. It really yeah. was the first of its kind. And um, that was tons of fun. Uh, you know, it was it was a mixture of the two things I really enjoyed. It was, you know, television production and design and getting to work with professional designers and seeing how their minds worked and and really sort of seeing the inner lying things that they would go through from start to finish and then helping them implement their design in these spaces, whether they were, you know, really fun and artistic or just insanely kooky and they put a, you know, a mini golf in a child's room situation. It was just fun. Um, and, uh, I, I got to a point where I realized if I wanted to go further in television, I had two choices. I would have to move to New York or LA. And at that time, neither one sounded appealing to me. So I had to kind of do a reset and, um, I uh, took a pause and because I still needed to work. I didn't want to move to New York. Um, my other love was fashion clothing. And um, one of my favorite brands who at the time only had, I think it was five stores, um, which was free people. And that lands under the umbrella of Urban Outfitters brands. They were opening up a store in my home mall. And uh, I thought, you know what? That would be really fun. Who doesn't love a discount on clothes? I'll go do that maybe for a year, kind of take a reset and see what I want to get into. And um, I did just that. I was one of the managers at the store and helped them open it and got to meet all these really cool people that put stores together. And from the, you know, the fixtures to, you know, all of the displays to the furniture. And I worked at the store for about a year and really got to know people at their corporate office because Urban Outfitters corporate office is based in Philadelphia, which is where this is all occurring. And um, they recruited me to work for the corporate office. So I worked for Free People's um, furniture and visual merchandising team, which all kind of landed under the same umbrella at the time. And I became a visual merchandiser for them and helped them not only with the store visuals, whether that be different displays for different seasons, um, also the clothing and how that's displayed, and then figuring out uh, getting the furniture made in India, which is where everything came from, at least back then. Um, and uh, that became, I, I just kept growing, kept growing, kept growing. And um, I ended up in New York anyways. <laughs> Ironically enough, uh, because in the time that I was there, I went from just kind of being an assistant to overseeing the entire East Coast uh, wholesale team for department stores. And um, I came to the same dilemma where I started, which was I don't want to move to New York. And I was taking the train from Philly to New York on a pretty regular basis. I do remember that. Between traveling to New York regularly, because that's where my office technically was, and then traveling up and down the East Coast, which I didn't mind as much, especially at that age. I mean, it was a pretty dream job to have. Uh, but I got burnout pretty fast. Um, and I did it. I was kind of given the, okay, you need to move to New York. 
Um, again, didn't want to do it at that point either. I love New York. I don't keep, I don't mean to keep, you know, bashing New York. I love New York, <laughs> but I just, um, I knew that it wasn't a place I actually wanted to live. I loved visiting and I actually loved working there. I just didn't want to live there. It, I had a lot of girlfriends that lived there and they're, you know, you're, you're kind of, unless you're very wealthy, it's a hard life to live. <laughs> so um, that's kind of where my life took a turn yet again. When when Alana was doing all these things, kind of what were you going through and feeling during that time? I think at that time, by the time she started that journey, um, I had sort of started thinking that I wanted to back off from retail because the problem with retail, as you know, is somebody always has to be um, there. And between um, my sister Claudia and I, I had had another child um, who was very much younger at the at the time, and um, I, I just I was I was looking to stay more at home with him, and you know, Ilana had just graduated and was on her career sort of path, and um, my eldest was sort of I think he was here out west, I believe he was in New Mexico at the time, and and you know you just you start seeing them have their their lives and and their 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 progress and and it's really kind of exciting to be able to breathe um a little bit and think you know they're going to be okay they're doing what they love or they're they're trying new things and you know for instance Gio had moved out to New Mexico which he had always loved the west um she was doing very exciting things um running around all over the place up and down the east coast um at that time i don't think i realized that um they were putting pressure on her to move to new york city and um my husband went back and forth to new york a lot at the time and i think she knew how hard it was that you know to be in new york and to live in, in new york and to so um i know there was frustration a little bit there but she was still happy doing doing what she loved so i think it's exciting as a parent um to watch your kids blossom um, the little one was little at the time, seven or eight, maybe. And um, the oldest two were gone at that point. So I kind of, at that point, felt like they were on their way and I didn't have to worry as much. And and I wanted to sort of step back and do something slightly different and not be at the store all the time. So that's when I think I, during that time is when I think I went back to architecture school and um, and just, just continued my studies to my original my original intent was to go into interior design. And um, I think my mother talked me into doing something more um, that would be better career-wise. And so I went to business school. And um, at this point I was like, all right, the, the, the two eldest are on their way. They've got their lives. They're sort of on a path. The little one is still a little guy and we can manage him and I can go back to school at this point. So I think during that time, that's kind of where I was, um, was sort of trying to figure out what my next move was going to be. And, um, you know, and then bringing up uh, the youngest, really, at that point. That is what my grandmother called a change of life baby, that that one that's way yeah. behind. <laughs> yeah. And that they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, I was a soccer mom for all intents and purposes at the time. And part of the issue was, I had to juggle the store and all these soccer, he played um, league soccer. So we were always 
traveling. <laughs> she was traveling up and down the East Coast being very fashionably, you know, fabulous. do something sort of fabulous. I was traveling up and down the East Coast, burning myself, <laughs> driving to all these tourneys and freezing weather. So it was kind of interesting time um, in our lives. But she was living in Philadelphia and we were in Philadelphia. So there was still, I was still seeing her all the time. And, and um, we've always been close. So it was really nice to have her close um, until she decided not to be so close. Uh, yeah, tell, me, tell, me about, tell me about that because I think grandparenting is the best thing. And I see that from my parents and my wife's parents. Um, so I think you made an, the right move definitely by coming out to Colorado. Maria, Elena, absolutely. what brought you out to Colorado first? Uh, well, at the point where I came to terms with, okay, move to New York or do something else, I felt like at that point I had worked so much at, at such a young age. Um, I was approaching 30 and I kind of felt like I needed to, that I hadn't had the chance to have yet. I didn't really give myself a break after school. Mm -hmm. I just kind of went into it and then everything sort of one after another took off and I didn't, I never really had a chance to sort of take a step back and reset. And I'd also I went to school uh, in Pennsylvania, so I'd never really left the state um, in terms of living outside yeah. somewhere. So I thought, all right, I'm going to take a moment. Um, I'm going to kind of take a reset, if you will, and I'm going to spend a year living somewhere I've never had the chance to live before. And I wanted it to be very different from what I was used to. Uh, and I, I spent summers coming to Colorado, Colorado, mm -hmm. um, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, we would sort of take a road trip every summer out, out West and end up in Aspen because my stepfather, uh, was in, he was, he was in charge of the public relations for a music festival that would happen every summer. It still happens. Every it summer. still happens yeah. every summer. We actually <laughs> found that festival. Yeah. Early on. So Colorado was a place that we all loved and spent time in. Um, for during the time in Colorado when it's so beautiful, summer, you know, in the mountains was like prime time. So I think that's part of the reason why my eldest ended up in New Mexico. And, um, you know, I, 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 I just, it boiled down to Colorado and I thought, you know what, Denver's a big enough city to where I won't feel like nothing's happening, but it's not as big as Philly, as big as New York. Like it's kind of a nice in-between. Uh, so my intention was to be here for a year, right? And gap year, come home, gap year. Um, and uh, so I came out here not knowing soul. I brought my dog, my my new puppy, um, and I started. This is going to sound really bizarre, but um, I <laughs> I started to hand make dog harnesses. My dog was my new love. I was obsessed with him. I needed something artistic and creative to do. And um, I didn't come out here for a job. I just came out here because I wanted to be here. Uh, and I wanted to do a little something that was creative, artistic, um, that I enjoyed to get some money on the side. And I would hand make dog harnesses. For canine couture was canine born. Canine couture was born. <laughs> I remember. Couture with the K. <laughs> she did my logo. She made my logo. It was adorable. It was like a cartoon of my dog. Yeah, it was cute. It was basically Zeke. And like two Ks back to back. 
there's probably still a Facebook page. And I would get, um, I would go basically like vintage t-shirt shopping um, and then collect fabrics from the design center. And I would use, I would try to use mostly recycled materials. It was like an upcycle. (laughs) You were upcycling. That's what we called it. You got to upcycle. And he was a little dog. So I was really cognizant about making harnesses that were little dog friendly because I didn't feel like there was a lot of that happening in the market. Um, And I would wholesale them to all the dog shops, which there was a lot, or there still is in Denver, much more than Philly which I really enjoyed too. And you could kind of bring your dog everywhere here. And I I sure did that as well. (laughs) And I just started to wholesale my product to the local dog boutiques and made it a thing. I made it a thing until I kind of ran out of money. (laughs) It wasn't as lucrative as I wanted it to be and all my savings kind of went kaput. And I thought, okay, now... I need a real job yeah, at some point. Uh, and um, I ended up getting recruited to work as a um, visual logistic manager for the Forever 21s of Colorado and Utah. So it was kind of in my wheelhouse again. Um, but that kind of put the kaput on coming home in a year. It did. It extended my stay. <laughs> you ran out of money. Because the thing she ran out of money in Denver being a little less expensive than Philadelphia. She was like, now I can't go back to Philly. So I have to stay in Denver and I have to make it work. So now I have to get a job. Yeah. And I wasn't ready to come home yet. I was, and I went home fairly often. So I didn't, I wasn't too homesick at that point. I was going home every three months around the clock. Yeah. I got to see my my family, my friends, and I made really close friends here that I was enjoying spending time with. And I was trying to learn how to snowboard because I'd never done that before. And I wasn't quite ready with my journey. So I thought, all right, I'll get a job here. And then worst case scenario, maybe they can transfer me or I'll figure it out because this wasn't a company that required you to live in you know, one of the big cities. They actually wanted you to stay in your territory. Yeah, but the whole time I'm like, she's going to come home eventually. My friends would be like, don't you miss her? And I was like, oh, she'll be home eventually. She's just getting this out of her system because she's never done this. So she's getting this out of her system. And I was like, so I was fine with her being out here. In fact, I... I, we drove out here together. Yeah, we talked her up and we drove out here together. I was on board with this. I was like, you do this. You, you leave, you know, the Pennsylvania area and you do this. You go have your adventure. And I did. Um, the problem is um, <laughs> I met my husband in that That's the time period. And um, that just kind of sent everything uh for a loop, if you will. He's a local, his family's here. And uh, I think honestly, if they hadn't moved out here after I had my first, I would have ended up coming back home. Uh, Simply because I, there's, it's so hard to do things without family when you have a baby. At first, when it was just he and I, I mean, it was romantic. We, you know, we fell in love. It was this, whirlwind romance and we had fun and he knew everything that there was to know about Colorado. So he could really show me all the things that I hadn't discovered yet. Um, and then we got married two years after we met and, um, I still was going home regularly. So I felt good about that. And then I got pregnant. Um, and then that sort of, and my head set the wheels in <laughs> I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, we're having a baby. And I'm like, yeah, but you're in Colorado. And 
you know, he had just gotten a job, I think at the time and you were doing well and she was still working there. And I was like, okay, well, we're now we're gonna have a baby and everything was great. Your pregnancy went really great. And then Ami was born. It became a scene at the airport every time, cause I would come out all the time. And we were just like, you know, Colin, her husband would hold the two of us and we Sobbing. would just sob like, oh my gosh, you know, and she was like, don't leave. I, you know, I just, it's so good when you're here and I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, you do. Mom, you know, the whole mother daughter thing. And she's like, but then we'll, we'll miss you. And, I, and I'll be back in two months. And we did this like every three months for once. I think we only did it once. And, and I went back the second time and I said to my husband, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Something's got to give. And um, he had always loved Colorado, honestly. That's one of the reasons he used to come out. I mean, we did come out for like 20 years. And he's like, so move. And I was like, what? And he's like, so go. And I was like, yeah, but the house and you. And he's like, no, we'll figure it out. And I was like, are you kidding? And he's like, no, you just need to get a job. And I was like, okay. So I, I mean, immediately I had the plum at that point, I was working at sophomore college in facilities and I was heading up their interior design um, department there. I mean, I had a plum job as an interior architect. Those are the jobs that you retire from. You don't leave those jobs. And I was close with the president who had just come in and she kept saying to me, you know, oh, this is so fun and we can do this and we can do that. And she was on board with all of my ideas. And when I found a job out here, which was a corporate design job, and I announced that I was leaving, she was like, do you want to be my assistant? Please stay. And I was like, it's not about that. It's all about, you know, family. And, you know, if they would relocate, that'd be one thing, but I need to do this. So I think within the baby was born in February and by September, July, August. Yeah, right before the fall. I was, I was, my husband had packed me up the way I had packed her up. We bought myself an SUV because I didn't have one at the time. And um, he drove me out here like I was driving to camp. Back was totally full of boxes and bags and suitcases. And I moved in with them for um, a short period of time until I found my own home. And um, we were here and it was great. And that's how I got out here because of Ami when she was born. Take me from a wonderful mother-daughter relationship to something that could theoretically hurt your mother-daughter relationship, which is going into business together. You'd had family business experience before with your sister, so you probably had good experiences and knew how to kind of navigate that. How did the idea to go into business together and how's it working? People honestly think we're insane all the time. <laughs> It's true. we get the run of the like the comments, everything between, oh my God, that's amazing to, oh, that's great. I could never do that to yeah, that. How does that even work? The truth of the matter is, is that we have been always so close and had such similar interests in general and aesthetic uh, and aesthetic. And we've, we talked about it for forever. Like it was some pipe dream for years. Like before she moved out here, before we ever, you know, when we were doing completely different things, like one day that would be amazing. Who knows what we would do or how we would figure it out, but we would do it. And um, 
I had stopped working because I couldn't travel and have the baby. My husband travels a lot too for work. So it was like, okay, well, somebody has to stay. (laughs) Somebody's going to stay home. And turns out I have the breast milk. So it looks like it's going to be me. And um, I had stopped working and was trying to sort of figure out, well, I don't know. I guess my identity is the mother. Who who am I? I have a child now, but I still, you know, there's things that I love you know, I, I want, I want to spend time with her. Um, and, and I didn't like my, job. she was miserable. <laughs> I did not like she my corporate job. Miserable. It was really stressful. I was traveling all over, um, you know, up and up and down from, from, I, what was it? It was from Montana to New Mexico and everything in between. And I was like, this, this is not sustainable. This is just this is no fun. I came from a job where I, I love the people and the place that I worked at where I was having fun to a job where I was just full of stress and nobody appreciated anything that was done. And I was feeling that anxiety building and burnout coming. And I'm like, this, this just isn't working. So one Christmas, I think it was right around Christmas time. You were sitting in your kitchen one day. I was like, this, I, this, this is not going to, no, it's not going to work for me. Just chatting kind of, I don't know, chatting like we do. And we kind of just looked at each other and we were like, why, why, let's, let's, let's start something together. Like, why not? What do we have to lose at this point? Why, why not give it a go? And at this point, my sister, Claudia, who I'd had the store with, you know, when I went back to school, she kept the store for a couple of years. And then she, with her family, you know, she's got two boys, got really busy. It's a lot to run a store by yourself. She had given up the store and she had gone into another aspect of design, which was windows. And she kept saying to us, you know, we would talk and she's like, if you're so miserable, why don't you just go back to design? Why don't you just open up your, a design business? I mean, you did it here in, 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 in Philly. You can certainly do it in Denver. And I was like, well, I don't want to go into interior design full time. I don't have the contacts. You know, you can't take apart a person's house and put it back together without contractors. You know, you need your subs and you need your contractors. And I wasn't here long enough yet to have that type of um, network. Um so she kept saying, well, do the windows, just do the windows. We've always had those contacts. We had them in the store because we used to do windows through the store. And she goes, it's, it's, it's easy for us to do that because of all the design things for whatever reason, windows for us is just much easier. I mean, from, for a lot of people, it just, it's totally overwhelming and thank goodness, because that's why we have a business. But for when you come with an extensive design background and an extensive interior design background, I'm used to dealing with plumbing and electricity and putting things together and moving walls. So to put a window treatment together is like, okay, I could do that. And so she kept saying that to us. But at the time, again, she was a new mother. I just gotten here with the new job and just the timing wasn't right to do anything. So that day, I think we were talking and we were like, why don't we just do what Claudia keeps encouraging She's us right. to do? Let's just do what Claudia, yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? We won't like it and we'll stop. Yeah, which is fine. Which is okay too. Uh, yeah. And then her and I are both very similar in that when we get an idea, we're like a dog with a bone. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like when, when we make a decision, then it's go time and it is like, Get out of our way. Get out of the way because here we come. So then the wheels, the wheels are turning and we're like, okay, all right, well, where do we start? We we need a logo. We we need an LLC. We need a name. How are we going to come up with a name? All the things that you think of when you're, you know, creating a business, um, which was really fun. 
and you know, our, we would brainstorm, we would you know doodle on paper, we, we would all the things, and we were playing with our initials. Uh, and we realized, okay, well, we both have the same last name initial. Uh, we've got an E, we've got an M. We're kind of you know drawing out ideas, putting putting the letters in different orders. And our initials are the same; they're just transposed. Uh, mine is M E L. And hers is E-M-L. So we're, you know, it was, we, we kept playing these three letters. And um, she's got a very good friend that's an amazing graphic designer. Yeah, she's great. And so we called her up, or you called her up, and you were like, you know, my mom and I are doing this. And we're trying to do something with our initials, but we don't want to just be like ELM design or M-E-L, you know, interiors or M-E-L windows. We just want something fun but we wanted we wanted a cute logo we wanted something identifiable I think we were at a random coffee shop in Cherry Creek if I'm really remembering like if I'm looking back which I haven't done in a long time and I realized that we could spell out elm and I'm like okay cool (laughs) what do we do with that there's already an elm there's a west elm yeah you know we're not going to be like elm interiors and then we thought I think you said, well, what about like an elm tree, like a family tree? I said, okay, that's something, but elm tree design, elm tree. And we also, at at that point, it was all very conceptual. And we wanted to be able to have um, sort of an umbrella company, not anything that dove us into one specific. So we didn't want to be like elm tree windows or elm tree interiors. So we thought, well, living's pretty general. And I also, this is just another thing to throw in there. Um, Because I was trying to figure out what to do as a mother when she was first born, I got my real estate license thinking, well, that could be something I could do down the line. Or even her and I have always talked about, you know, just taking houses, reworking them, mid-century modern, you know, things, things that we are passionate about. And I thought, okay, this is something I can do and something that can be useful at some point. So Elm Tree Living was born in our initials, the fact that we're family and we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves into one. Well, because we have, I mean, I have an extensive background in interior architecture. She has an extensive background in design as well. Um, Real estate, we were just, we weren't sure at that point which way we were going to go. So we didn't want to be categorized as one thing. So that's where the living, I think, came into. And then her friend comes up with this amazing logo where if you really look at the logo, it's ELMs reworked into a tree. And it was just perfect. I mean, the whole thing just fell into place. We loved the colors, you know, we played with different fonts and and it just became like, this is it. This is us. Really? You know? Now we have an identity. <laughs> <laughs> now what do we do, now what do, we do with it? <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. I think entrepreneurship is such a roller coaster, and there's such high highs and such low lows. And I agree with you that that startup phase and starting it up and the idea generation, all that is is so exciting. When you are so close to someone, and with your, I'm sure it's about your specific relationship. When things are coming up that are difficult or you disagree, how do you guys handle those situations and what recommendations do you have for for other people that may be dealing with a similar thing? I think whenever we're in a situation where we get heated, at least for me, I'm more cognizant to not 
to try to approach it, not as this is my confrontational, um, but more, you know, taking, taking my background and, and managing a lot of people and really, you know, putting my, my business hat on and thinking, okay, she tries to is, manage me. Is that what she's trying to <laughs> No, but when, when you, when you have managed a lot of people, you kind of figure out a different way to, to speak to them so that it's, you know, more about problem solving as opposed to emotions, which is the easiest direction to go when it's your family member, because it's not really about the problem. Then it becomes like this whole other thing about, you know, well, when I was eight and you told me blah, 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 you know, then it's, it, it just because it's easier to become emotional when it's your family member. So I tried to sort of take myself out of the family element and more into a business mind frame of, okay, well, what is the issue? How can we fix it? Let's take a step back. If we are heated in the moment, it's like, all right, well, that's not going to help. Time yeah. Out. I mean, getting upset about anything isn't going to help. And I mean, it's not honestly, gonna fix the problem. we haven't had like a major blowout about anything. I think we've both done a really good job whenever somebody's upset about something to sort of like take a back step off. back. Yeah. Or and, roll our eyes at each other and be like, okay, yeah. This all right, is, whatever, whatever. <laughs> That's, you're in a mood. You're in a mood. Let's talk later. But that's kind you of know, and that's okay. No, and then when you talk later, you, we don't even bring it up. If that happens, I think it's happened maybe once or twice. It's like, okay, so what are we doing about this? Or how are we going to work on this? Or how are we going to, you know, move forward? And I think, I think the other thing too is mutual respect. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't know, or I don't believe. If I do, I don't realize it. I don't believe I treat her as my kid. You know, I treat her as a colleague, and I and I, I value her opinion. And, and I don't poo-poo her opinion because I think something different. I might say, well, I don't agree. I would do it this way. And even in front of clients sometimes, we'll get into a situation where we're, we're working on a project and the client will say, well, what do you guys think? And, you know, we'll be like, well, how about you tell me what you guys think? And I will tell you what, I, I'm not going to change my mind just because you say something, but I have a definite opinion about that. And then We'll let the client voice it. She'll voice her opinion and I'll voice my opinion. And nine times out of 10, it'll be the same opinion. And then every once in a while, it'll be different, very different. And uh, and then we defend our positions. Well, I would do it because I think ABC and I would do this because ABC. And then we let the client sort of arbitrate which way she would like to go. And um, so I think it's mutual respect, I think is a really important um, aspect of that. Um, not talking down or at each other, um, but really, really being, like she said, going back to, if this was a business situation and you were my colleague, how would I talk to you? I'm not going to yell and scream at you and be like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Don't do that. You know, it's not, it's not about that. It's about trying to get through whatever issue we might be having at that particular moment. When I, when I asked that, the mutual respect was the, the first thing I thought of. And it seems like you both have um, such a wonderful relationship with each other. And even during that story, your mannerisms were the same. Your animation was the same, which is which is such a wonderful thing. So um, as you know, we're wrapping clients up. Clients look at us sometimes and they're like, when they don't know that we're related, it takes about five minutes and they'll go, are you two related? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what happens. <laughs> As we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, I'll start with you. Uh, Maria, do you see yourself as a badass? Yeah, definitely. Always. I mean, I've always been the type of person that can't 
has never sort of been part of my thinking, not even vocabulary thinking. Um, since the time I was like 16 or 17 years old, it's like, if I get something, it's like she said, if I get, if we get something in our heads, it's like, not, I can't do that. It's like, how am I going to get there? What do I have to do? What sacrifices do I have to make to get to that point? Um, and I consider that being a badass. It's not giving up what you feel or you want to do because you don't have the capacity or you don't have the talent for it. I mean, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that that anybody doesn't have the talent for certain things. And, and I don't mean I'm going to go be a brain surgeon. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about, but it's the things that I know within my wheelhouse and within my capacity to do, whether it's working at, you know, an Ivy League school, which I did twice, because I love being in the milieu of really smart people and learning. I've always loved learning, uh, going back to school in my 40s, because I wanted to further my education and I wanted to get certain certifications, you know, I'm lead certified. Um, and I wanted to, to, to get that under my belt. It's um, leaving Philadelphia, you know, after 27 years of living there and starting all over in a place that I really had visited a lot, but didn't live in. Um, it, yeah, I consider myself a badass. I consider myself somebody, and my friends that I've had for you know 30 plus years are like, how do you do that? You keep reinventing yourself and, and are you happy? And I'm like, I make myself happy. I do what I need to do to make myself happy. And that's wherever I am. I mean, my happiness doesn't revolve around um, where I am. My happiness revolves around my family and my home and what I'm doing with myself every day, uh, you know, for work or with the grandkids or whatever, with my husband, with my kids. Yeah. I consider myself a badass. Do you consider me a badass? Thousand percent. <laughs> Love that. Mm -hmm. Love it. You're, yeah, you're doing my job. You're doing my job here. Um, um, expand <laughs> on that a little, Elena. What do you see in your mom that makes her a badass? Oh man, my mom's been through the ringer and back millions of times. And no matter what's put in front of her. Oh, come on, don't start. Because if you start, I'll start. See, this Sorry. is the problem with being two of us. This is the problem. This is the problem with working with your mom. You get emotional. Um, she's resilient. And I've always seen that in her and respected her for it and strive to be just as good, if not better, has been my goal always when it comes to being a mom, when it comes to being a professional, when it comes to just uh, living, living the life that you wait, the way that you want to and, and, and being true to yourself. That was touching and, and wonderful. And, and while I'm going to ask you about yourself too, Elena, in a moment here, but Maria, tell me a little bit about if I asked you, is your daughter a badass, what you would say? Um, what I would say about her is that she's always been true to, she's always been true to herself. She's always known what she wants and she's gone for it. Um, and, you know, I see myself in that. And I see, I see, we're very alike in that way. And I think that's one of the reasons that we work well together is that because we have, we're very goal oriented. She's very goal oriented. And when she, when she, and it doesn't matter what it is. If it's she's planning a vacation, man, she's gonna she's gonna have it down to 
to, you know, the nth degree. And it's going to be awesome. If she's, everybody's going to have a good time. Everybody's going to have a good time. Damn it. Um, you know, if family's visiting, she's the first one that wants to be like, let's do this and let's do that. And she, you know, she wants to make sure that everybody's happy and, and, and thriving. And, and, and that's, that's a quality. I think that, you know, she's going to be put down. Nobody's going to put her down. Nobody's going to tell her she can't do that. She's going to do whatever she puts her mind to. And she's been like that since she was a little kid. It was, a, and it was, again, I think resilience is a good, is a good, is a good quality that we both um, naturally have. I don't think you can teach somebody to be resilient. I think you're born with a certain amount of self-worth that allows you to be that way. And she is, that way. I mean, she is one of these go-getters. She's a go-getter. She, she's going to be successful no matter what she tries. And um, I admire that about her because she doesn't let anything get in her way. And um, so, yeah, she's a badass. Totally, totally. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, don't tangle with Ilana <laughs> in our family because they know, That's they true. know she's very, you know, and she doesn't like it, she'll tell you, and she likes it, she'll tell you. But you know, if if she puts her mind to it, it's gonna happen. All right, Alana, your turn. Tell me um what you makes you what you see in yourself that makes you a badass. Um, I think uh if I had to sort of describe myself in a word, I would say that I am tenacious. Um I Absolutely. I go for the gusto and, you know, and that is really in, in all aspects of my life or my interactions with people. Um, and, uh, it is, it is just basically, it's a lifestyle for me. <laughs> Tenacious is a good word for you. And, right. um, get out of the way. Yeah. Get out of this coming. It's Move. true. And um, I think I have always been like that she to has. a certain extent. She has. It just, you but know, it grows with me. Uh, and I think, you know, that in and of itself. And, you know, when I really take a moment and I look back at, I've lived a million lives and I'm not that old, <laughs> but I think that's a testament to myself and how I am. And uh, I think that in and of itself makes me pretty badass. Yeah. And I'll take a little credit for that too, because I think <laughs> I have shown my kids that you don't have to be in a situation that you don't want to be in. It's okay to move along and it's okay to start over and it's okay to do what makes you happy. You know? Yeah. Okay, this is wonderful. How do people get in touch with you guys if they want to work with you? Again, explain a little bit about what you're doing window treatments. You do some interior design as well. And um, where should they go to find you? Uh, well, we have our website, which is a great way to contact us. That Through our website, we have um, sort of like a contact us section where if you fill out some basic information so we can get an idea of what your needs are, what your information is, and that goes into our database. And that is the best way for us to have all of the information and to be able to reply and contact uh, whatever clients are interested in connecting with us. And that is um, www.elmtreeliving.com. Uh, our email is info at elmtreeliving. Um, yeah. Those are the best, are the best two ways, ways yeah. that we, I mean, we are constantly 
looking at that um, and then getting back to our clients and then kind of taking it from there to see what their comfort level and communication is, whether that be email or texting or whatever, uh, we're open to all of it. Wonderful. Thank you both so much for your time and sharing your stories with me. And this was fun to, to hear you guys interact so much. That was a, This was a fun experience for me. <laughs> Thank you. This oh, was good. totally fun to do. We've never done anything like no, this. So. I, and we've been meaning to get back to you. And, you know, we rescheduled a couple of times, but we were like, what, what's, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, I don't know. Let's just, again, let's just figure it out. Let's find out. So it was fun. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity yeah. to be able to share our story. I think what you're doing is fabulous. Yeah. Because there are fantastic. so many fabulous women in this area. And there are so many women that, that just um, have a lot of talent. And um, I'm glad you're recognizing it. All of you. Well, I want women to run the world. That's my goal. So there, there you go. So any anyway, badass of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Please go to iTunes or whatever provider you're listening on and give us a rating so we can do more of this important work. Please keep sending me suggestions of people we should interview on this show. And finally, and most importantly, please always remember that you, yes, you are a badass.